Are you a woman wanting to embrace everyday living with ease and flow? Welcome to the What The 50 Podcast. Join your co-hosts, Nikki and Michelle, on their continued journey to simplify their lives. They will seek the answers from the experts and offer tips, tools, and techniques to live your life with confidence, simplicity, and joy. And here we are, another episode of our podcast, Nikki, and we have a special guest today, and her name is Chanel Vines, and she's coming to us all the way from Canada, and she is a health and wellness technology researcher. She has built a groundbreaking dementia care app, which is currently on Google Play, but there's a whole nother side to Chanel, and she is a founder of Vines Play, which is a wine club and importing firm. She has a BSc and an MSc in psychology, and she tells us that there are five things to evaluate if both a wine and your life are good. And I think this is really interesting. She says, good wine and a good life is distinctive, balanced, complex, has connectedness, and is whole. I like that. I, really I love do. that. I really, really like that. So Nikki, can you introduce our guest some more, please? So Chanel Vines, what a perfect name. I know. For the, the wine, wine lady. Oh and my the wine gosh. Lady. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. So before we continue on, if people want to follow you on Instagram or go to your website, can you tell us where to find you? Uh, yes. So you can find me at Vines Play and it's Vines as Great Vines. So V I N S Play. Over there, I talk a lot about wine and do study cards on Instagram so you can study as you go and learn as you go. Uh, you can also find me at, at Chenille Vines, so it's C-H-A-N-I-L-E Vines. And over there, I also talk about wine too, but <laughs> I do so probably in a little bit more fun way um, because it's a personal account. So I mostly talk about wine on social media. <laughs> So you have a wine club, right, Chanel? That's how you play with wine. So can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, yes. So I have a wine club and every month we have a different theme and the theme could be based on a varietal. So it could be based on a varietal like Chardonnay or Sauvignon Blanc or something like that. Or it could be based on a region. So we might be studying a certain country or region that makes wine or it could be around a theme of wine, so food and wine pairing, how to taste, how to de detect aromas. So every month, themes changes. Members have two different levels that you can join at. There is a level that you get wine sent to you, but unfortunately, you have to be in Ontario, Canada, because we can't really ship outside the Darn for us. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a virtual membership and it's actually quite popular. And there are people in Ontario who are virtual members. And with that, um, you get access to a cooking class, a shopping cool. class. So based on where you are, we'll give you some tips on where to go find the wine that matches the theme. And then you join us virtually. Everyone is on virtually for the tasting class. And in those tastings, we tend to have the winemakers on or someone um, that's based on the theme. So it's really just an opportunity. I'm calling it like a play, an opportunity for adults to play. You get three very distinct events in a week that you can just spend some time with yourself and have fun. That's, I like that. Yeah, we, we, need, that we need that. Yeah, we like to play. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, before we go any further, you see, we just learned something new. 
varietal. I have never heard that word before. I learned it yesterday. You did? Yes, because I actually tuned in to tune okay. yesterday to her live. Okay. And I wrote it down because the question that she likes to ask. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask for that. Okay. okay. So, Shanil, if you could only bring one varietal, what would that be? Ah, uh, okay. So... <laughs> I think my answer has, and I still think it will always be a Pinot Noir. Okay. Uh, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay are considered swing grapes in the in the wine world because they can both pair with lighter dishes or heavier dishes. Pinot Noir also, uh, you can do it in so many different forms. You can do it sparkling, you can do it flat, uh, you can chill. It's one of the red wines that you can chill a bit. So it's just a very versatile wine. And I just consider it to be a very smooth and sexy wine. So that's the one I would stick with if I had to pick one. But I would so hate Pinot it. Noir and Chardonnays are swing wines. And the, the varietal yeah. that we would choose would be Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. Chardonnay so those are smooth and sexy. Right. So those are grapes. <laughs> those are grapes, yeah. right? Yeah. So the varietals are great. Right. right. Correct. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Yay, we've already learned two things. Varietals <laughs> and a swing grape. There you go. I'm feeling confident already. <laughs> and Shanil, we have to tell you, we actually have our wines here with us today. Nice. has her favorite wine, and she'll tell you what that is. Okay, so we both don't like red wines, but we'll talk to you about that in a bit. <laughs> my wine that I like is a New Zealand wine. It's Babbage. It's a Sauvignon Blanc. And it's, I don't know what other information do you need? It's New Zealand. New Zealand. And it's 2019. 2019. Yes. <laughs> okay. And that's 2019 too. Mine is Bartonuro. It's a Moscato from Italy. Yes, yes. I think uh, both of those are really good. I've had the Babiche before. Oh, Babiche is how you pronounce it. See, yeah. we're the third thing. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I could be wrong. These are New Zealand words. These are Kiwi words. I don't know. Okay. Um, but it is a it is a Sauvignon Blanc from Malbor, and it's really good. I I like that you're gonna get um, those passion fruit floral aromas. It's going to give you that green acidity. I think that's what Sauvignon Blancs are good for. If you're having any food where you've added any acidity to, so whether that's vinaigrette or lemon or anything like that, most wines will be destroyed by that. You need the acidity level to be just as high or higher than the dish. So that's how um, Sauvignon Blancs come in very well. And especially um, for the Jamaican cuisine, because our cuisine is so heavy, a lot of time it's stewed or braised or have fat. A high acidity wine will just cut right through that. So a lot of times when you find that you like a certain varietal is mostly because the food that you eat, that varietal goes well with it. And that's probably why uh, you lean so, towards it. So this would be perfect with curry goat is what you're telling me. Oh, yes. And you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> and another good one that would go really good with curry is uh, Sautern. And that's a French varietal. Both curry and that wine has a uh, an aromatic compound called sotolon, which is if you pair them with it well together, it tastes really, really good. Okay, so, so how do you spell that varietal, please? S A U T E R N E S S. Okay, perfect. So we have our curry beyond my babish. Right. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about my Moscato, my choice. Yeah, so your Moscato di Asti, uh, that's a region in Italy. So 
with old world, which is Italy, France, Spain, the wines. Spain, Spain, I feel, is pulling away from that a bit, but the wines are labeled based on region and not grapes. Whereas in the new world, like New Zealand, Canada, America, all of those, the wine is labeled by the grape varietals. Wow, I never knew that either. Yeah. (laughs) Which makes it a little tricky because then you have to kind of know, especially uh, when you're buying or tasting, you kind of have to know based on the name of your region, what grape is planted there. Um, So I like it, the new world style, which is just tell me what's in the bottle, please. (laughs) So let me ask you a question. So Moscato is the region that that wine comes from, correct? Yes. So Moscato d'Asti is the region. And in this case, it's actually quite simple because Moscato is the varietal. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So d'Asti is also part of the region. Right. So Moscato d'Asti is the name of the region. And because of the popularity of that grape varietal there, it's, it's named after the region. Which is so amazing. let me tell you something. When she poured the wine, I said to Michelle, that's a sparkling wine. So does not Asti refer to it being sparkling at all? No, I'm just thinking of Asti Spamanti or something. Now tell me. Sorry, you're thinking of what? You know that wine, Asti Spamanti? I don't know. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, okay. So Asti, uh, most of the time it's tank fermented and it does have a little bit of effort. So it doesn't go through the sparkling wine goes through two fermentation process and that's why it becomes um, bubbly. So Asti doesn't really go through two fermentation process, but it is allowed to ferment a little bit and develop some bubbles. So that's why it's so effervescent. So it's quite similar to uh, like a Vina Verde or all of those very light white wines that will give you that effervescent um, feel, but they wouldn't be like a Prosecco or... or no. Okay. And the effervescence was very, very light. Because by yeah. my pouring, it was off. See, we learned something else again. Chanil, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so... We hear something that's really, really common to all three of us, and that's your Jamaican accent. So tell us a little bit about your journey from Jamaica to Canada. Yeah, so I um trying to remember what age I left Jamaica, 18, 19? Maybe 18, because I just, I finished um, sixth form okay. and uh, moved to, to Canada to attend University of Toronto. So I love to say that I spent my defining years in Canada. So I spent my 20s in Canada, but my formative years in Jamaica. So, so you I, left and just never came home? No, I didn't come back. <laughs> Sad. Well, you visit though, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I visit all the time, but... I never returned to live and I'm, I'm not quite sure why that's something I've never thought about. I think just because I've built so much of my career is tied to this geographic location. I think as my career evolved and it's not so much embedded in Toronto, Canada, I think I'll be a little bit more open to uh, returning home. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So tell us, why did you start a wine club? That's just so exciting. It was actually a little bit by accident. So my formal studies, I'm now taking formal studies in wine, but my formal study, what I did my undergrad and master's in was psychology. And at the time I was doing a specific research topic that was very close to my experience. And I think it was really stressing me out. So I was 
creating a COGSTEM tool, a cognitive stimulation tool that uh, was aimed to, one, slow down the rate of dementia decline or to reverse it. And it was something that was dear to me because I was taking care of my grandmother who passed away with dementia. So I was very tied to the project. And if anyone has ever done a research project, you know that <laughs> things will always go wrong. So yes, yes. you're working on it and it was quite a big study. It wasn't a longitudinal study, but what we had was a number of people in the study and a lot was going on. So I wanted to do something fun. (laughs) I just wanted to do something fun. I looked around me and recognized that most of my friends um, were in professions that were demanding and they were all a little stressed. And I thought, what can I do that would be fun and everyone would come together and we'd have a good time. And I thought, oh, wine tasting. And so I called up a few local wineries because in Ontario we have wineries um, close by and got some sponsorship and the winemakers came out and we had this tasting and I'm just standing in this room and everybody's having fun and drinking wine and eating and I just had this thought that I could do this forever and at that point I was like okay (laughs) wow (laughs) how long did you start it to you uh, so I started just doing um, these small wine tastings, I believe about three years ago. Okay. Uh, so at that point, my goal wasn't to have a fully sustainable business per se. I wasn't losing any money, <laughs> but okay. I was just, you know, having more so just having fun and hosting these um, tastings. But um, when COVID hit, and I think that's one of the benefits too of having a side hustle or anything like that, even if you haven't activated the full extent of what your side hustle can do, it can come in as a really good backup. Because once COVID hit, of course, all of my research is done with the aging population. So over the age of 60, I was in hospitals, I was in people's private home. So once COVID hit, my job pretty much became null (laughs) because the hardest hit we got in Canada was in the aging homes. And us researchers were pulled out. So it was only just nurses and doctors that were left in the hospitals. So I was just at a crossroad where I was at work, just paper pushing because you couldn't go to meet with people and do any research. And then I thought, okay, this is a perfect time to sing a lot of hours into the business and see if I can build up this business. And so I started importing and then I launched this club and yes, it's been going very well. (laughs) The timing was also great because with the stress of COVID, yes, (laughs) needed the wine. Yes. And they also needed these events. Right. And you can do it virtually, as you have been doing. So I think it really worked very nicely for you. And this further testament to the fact that when you're having fun, you raise your vibration and greater things are attracted to you. And that's yes. exactly what happened. Yes. yes. I love it. I love it. I love the fact. And don't we just love a smart Jamaican woman? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I just love We're it. I'm proud of you. Very proud, very proud, very proud. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that she took her passion and she made it into a career. Yes. That is what I absolutely love. And then you're making so many people happy. Yes, including us. (laughs) I'm already so happy because I've already learned so much. (laughs) Yeah, we have learned a lot in this short time. So there's so much more. So we talked a little bit about new world versus old world, Mm -hmm. right? And your wine, New Zealand wine, is... New world. And my wine, Italian wine, is old old world. world. Right. So 
So Michelle and I both don't like red wines. So any advice for us on how we can embrace a good red wine? Or I think I don't like a red wine because they are heavier. I'm not sure. Right. Right. So I, I think with red wine, unlike white wines, red wines introduce another element called tannin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't enjoy that. So tannin comes from the skin and the stem of the grape. So a lot of white wines are made from red grapes. But once the wine is crushed, it's only the pulp that goes into through the fermentation process, which is turning the sugar into alcohol. Whereas uh, with red wine, the skin and the stem sits with the grape during fermentation, giving the color. But it also gives uh, what is called tannin. And the, the impact of tannin is that drying sensation in your mouth. So every time you take a sip of the wine, what it does is strip the protein from your mouth and leave it very dry. And I feel like a lot of people don't really enjoy that feel. But I think in terms of working your way into red wine, definitely some of the wines that I think are great starters is a Pinot Noir because it is one that is a little bit lighter. Uh, a Syrah is quite light. Both Syrah and Shiraz are the same grape, but it does speak to a different style. So Syrah is old world, it's French, and it's a little lighter, whereas a Shiraz is, is mostly the Australian style, which is quite heavy. So I want a French Syrah. Syrah, yes. Right. Okay. So those are two good um, varietals. I'm trying to think of another one that's quite light and easy. I would say Chianti, maybe. Chianti is like old world, right? Yeah, that's also Italian, uh, Italian red. I think those are quite the easier ones to start drinking, um, just to get yourself used to the impact of red. But I do think one of the best ways to appreciate a red wine is to pair it well. So is to have it with a dish that it goes well with. So if you are offered, let's say, a Cabernet, which is a heavy red or a Shiraz or a Tempranillo, try to have it with a heavy stew. Like oxtail. Uh, yes. Even, um, even oxtail sometimes. Oh, you know which red? This is the red I think is a good one to start with. Right up there with a the Pinot Noir, a Gamay. And that pairs really well with oxtail. So, so spell that for us. Uh, G-A-M-A-Y. Okay, so that is an old world wine? Uh, it's from old world, but you can get a lot of new world countries are planting um, Gamay. And oh, so Gamay is actually the variety. Okay, we'll catch you on. Yeah, I'm mostly speaking varietals. I, I hardly ever use the regional way, but uh, you can get Gamay from Canada. You can get it from New Zealand. A lot of cool climate places are making them. And of course, you can get it from Beaujolais. So if you buy a Gamay from France, as we were saying before, it won't say Gamay. It will say usually, and oh, that okay. it's a gummy. <laughs> Let me ask you a question about the tannins. So, is a tannins is that what causes the headaches? There isn't really a specific answer. Uh, you can be allergic to tannin. You can be allergic to additives. So, some people will only be able to drink natural wine or organic wines, right? Right, because um, anything that's added to the wine, you could be allergic to it. But if you are not allergic to something in the wine, most of the time, majority of the time, I would even aim to say 95%. uh, This is very reckless as a researcher to do because I do not have that stats. But I would say most of the time what is happening is the lack of water. 
that's what's oh, okay. so once you're drinking your body will want to sustain you and your body will pull water from every aspect of your body <laughs> including okay. your head and that's usually the problem that people are drinking and not really drinking water because you know you're drinking your wine and having a meal you're not really thinking about right okay water. so drink water Okay, that's, that's really only a few people I would say are actually allergic to any of the other things in wine, and you can also be allergic to alcohol. So that's also yeah. So going, <laughs> so going back to the organic wines, can you give us the name of like a good winery that would have a good or like? Because I always want to get an organic wine, but I just don't know where to start. I mean, there's a lot on the market. So just look for organic and then start there, I guess. Yeah. So. If you are visiting Canada, a really good one is Southbrook, and that's a really beautiful Southbrook. Okay, go to and visit. Are they in the Niagara region? Yes, yes, they're okay. in the Niagara region. Perfect. But every country is catching on to doing organic wines. One of the interesting things is if you are allergic to any of those additives, the only country I believe. Maybe Australia does it, but U.S. is the only country with their organic certification. No additives can be added to the wine. So in Canada, there and a lot of other countries, there's a certain amount you can add, very small amount. But if it's an allergy problem, then you want to try and get your organic wines from the states. But a lot of wineries are doing organic now. Okay, so I have a question for you. Where you are in Canada, what's the closest vineyard to you? The closest what? probably be one called Adamo, which is in a newer region that's popping up. And it's about, I would say, maybe 40 minutes drive. So Niagara, which is our big flagship right. region, um, is, a, is a little bit over an hour. And then we have Prince Edward County, which is another huge region, which is about two hours. So that would be like the closest, called Orangeville, that area. And that would be the closest one to the city. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't even know that they had wine raising Orangeville. Who would have? Yeah. So there's two out there now and they're quite state of the art. Did you have a guest on that has a a vineyard in Orangeville? I think her, her dad, like a a family business that she took over. She was, she's been in the business for a very, very long time. Was it Orangeville? Ooh, I've had so many guests now that I'm trying to remember if. There's a guest you had on and she was, she's been in it for a very long time. It was a family business. It was handed down to her. And I'm almost sure she said she was from Orangeville. That could be possible. But I just, I didn't know that until I, I saw her, um, her interview with you. Yeah. You have them so close. Yes, yes. So there is Orangeville, and I don't remember the name of the other one, but both of them have beautiful facility. Adamo has a restaurant on it. So you can really make a day out of it. There's a few breweries. So that's like one of the easiest to drive out of the city. Right. Um, yeah. That sounds like a nice experience. Oh, yes. Beautiful. We're coming so that you can go with us, though. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we talked about introductory white wine, uh, red wines. What about uh, introductory white wines? I mean, most white wines I find really approachable. There's just a few where if you don't expect it, like a oak Chardonnay can be quite jarring if you don't expect a heavier white wine. But um, I think in terms of introductory white wine, I would always say a Riesling is a really nice drink. Uh, the Moscato Diasti is a really nice one, or Moscato. 
And moscatos are always a little sweeter, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So they always air on the side of a little bit sweeter. So if you have a sweet, um, sweet tooth, a vino verde from Portugal, they're getting quite popular. They're very light, um, they're really a nice drink. Um, and of course, sparkly, like a nice prosecco. Now most you're people, speaking my language. Yeah, most people start <laughs> off with a beautiful prosecco. That's <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love me a prosecco, and well, my mother would always say, you know. A cheap champagne will give you a headache. For sure. But I'm always <laughs> trying to find like a reason. So I always go to the Prosecco because, you know, I like my champagne, but I always try to find like a nice, reasonably priced Prosecco that I can have, Yeah. you know, weekly type of thing. Yeah. And I mean, the Proseccos are getting, in terms of the quality, they're getting pretty high to the level of champagne just because of the I agree. Um, so that... Uh, I think we, we said that slightly before that sparkling wine goes through two fermentations. So what separates the Prosecco or other sparkling wines from a Champagne or a Cava or a Crema is the second fermentation with a Champagne or a Cava happens in the bottle, whereas the Prosecco, it happens in a very big vat, like a very big drum. But wow, I didn't know that. I learned something else again. I'm writing notes. Oh my gosh. But these these vats are getting highly pressurized, really, really good. So it's almost giving you the same impact of if this wine was um, the second fermentation happened in the bottle. So because you can you can guess right, like if if you're creating bubbles in a very small space, that's why the champagne has so much pressure because it's just in a very small bottle. Uh, whereas the the proseccos are in a huge vat, but these vats are getting better. But another good tip too is if you love champagne and you love that more aggressive feel in terms of the bubbles, you can always do a cava from Spain. Those are done same traditional method um, but cheaper because they're not champagne they're not name brands or crema which is from france just not from the champagne region because that's the law you can label the sparkling wine champagne if it's not from the champagne region but a lot of new world too so a lot of new zealand wineries use a traditional method um, a number of canadian wineries use a traditional method so you can get champagne quality but once you get rid of the champagne name <laughs> okay great so how does what's tell me about a rosé like i have one girlfriend who just loves a rosé but i'm never like what's tell me the process of the rosé uh so rosé uh i think that was actually the first theme that was a theme i think started the wine club oh really okay yeah. i missed it darn <laughs> Um, no, no, no. It was the second one. The first oh. one was about how to shop inexpensive wine and like how to pick great wines, even re regardless of price. And then the second one was rosé. So uh, rosé, they're great. So the process of making rosé is the same as making any other wine. Uh, it's just that the grape is allowed to sit in contact with the skin for a little bit of time. And that's why you get the pink or yeah. uh, that color. So it's not blending of white. Okay. Color fermentation process and the the grapes sitting on the skin for a bit rosé is tricky because a lot of things aren't really true in terms of what the color can tell you but in general the darker the rosé is the closer you're getting to red so you're going to start getting those red like qualities and the lighter the rosé is uh, the closer it's going to be to white but yeah beautiful easy drink any red varietal can be used to make a rosé so if you are partial to a certain varietal then you can always check to see what grape they've used oh and what would you pair a rosé with 
I would still pair it with dishes that I would go with white wines or even orange wine. So there's a new trend now. You'll start seeing them soon. Orange wines are basically white wines that um, from white grapes that have had some skin contact. So instead of red grape that had skin contact that makes rosé, it's white grape um, with white skin having skin contact that makes these orange wines. And they're quite similar in terms of the food they can pair with. So because they've had a little bit more skin contact, they have a little bit of tannin, so they can go with a little bit of a heavier dish. But I like I like rosés with things like grilled, like grilled calamari or like a heavier fish, like a buttery fish, like a flounder okay. ones with the bigger chunks. Those go well with rosé. And of course, Anton. <laughs> Two years ago, a friend of mine who actually lives in Canada, she introduced me to ice wine. Oh, nice. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about ice wine? Uh, yes. So that's Canada's claim to fame. It is, we're one of the only countries in the world that can, let me not say that. Anyone can make ice wine, but a good quality ice wine really has to come from a very cool climate. And if anyone's listening that has ever seen Canada's winter, we have the monopoly on cool climate. <laughs> it's cold here. <laughs> so ice wine is a process of allowing the grapes to freeze on the, the vines. So they are picked in the winter time. So shout out to all the Jamaicans um, and Caribbean workers and that are in the vineyards uh, they always say that a great wine is made in the vineyard. There's very little a winemaker can do if the people tending the vineyards and taking care of the vineyards haven't done it well. So shout out to everyone who's in the vineyard. But yeah, these grapes are picked frozen. And as you can imagine, the amount of juice you can get from this grape is quite a small amount, but it has a ton of sugar. It is very heavy. It's a dessert wine, so you won't be able to pour as big as you would. I hope not. <laughs> pour another wine. So you're really looking to take a small amount. Most of the wine is exported to China. It's one of the biggest export market. And that's where I think it has the biggest appreciation. But I like, you can put ice wine on your desserts. You can put them, you can pour it on like your ice cream. One of the things I like to do is, we call it the Canadian mimosa. So it's ice wine and then you top it with Prosecco or some form of sparkling wine. Wow, um, I've got to try that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's really a versatile um, wine. I don't have the best sweet tooth, so if you don't have a good sweet tooth, it's going to be tough because it's sweet. It's, it's yeah, sweet. It's, it is sweet. Yeah. You probably will like it. I didn't actually. No, have, it was too sweet. Okay. It was okay, but it was not my favorite. Yeah, it's, it's, it can be clawing. Like, it's very sweet. Yes, and, it can be. Um, but I was just fascinated with it. Yes, yes. you like the bottles. Yes, I did. They're nice. <laughs> I just like the bottles. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really become synonymous to like a celebration in China. So that's the market that we're making as much the money from when it comes to ice wine. But it is like, um, think of it more as like a celebratory wine, something yeah. at the end of the night. But it's, yeah, it's not a sip. It's not a sipping wine. Right, right. <laughs> That's great. Well, we've learned something else. Yes, we've learned so much. So you, you, we really started out here. Our whole thing was to try and figure out the basics for when we wanted to take a wine or entertain with a wine. At home, going to a restaurant, how to choose, how to pair. We have a lot more to ask you. Know, I think we've we need a part two. Yes. <laughs> yes. We need a part two. So when Canada opens up, I think we need to go to Canada. Yes, for sure. Yeah. 
But before we end off, maybe you could help us. Okay, so you're going to a restaurant and they pour a little. What's the protocol of when you're supposed to taste a wine and smell it, sniff the cork, you know, all that fancy stuff. So tell us, how do we do that? I always say that your restaurant experience, if you are going to a restaurant where you really want that full experience in terms of wine and food dining, you're going to have someone there, um, a sommelier, a wine manager. There is someone that's going to be there and their job, for the most part, I think, I would say prior to last year when so much industries had their reckoning, wine had theirs too. And I would say prior to that, there was a level of exclusivity that people really thrived in when it came when it came to wine. And that's also changed. But hospitality really, and one of the things why I love hospitality is really about centering the other person, centering the guests. And I love to serve. I love to center other people. We are the type of people that tend to be drawn to these roles. So really think about it as a beautiful exchange between someone who is there to serve you and give you a great experience. And they will will lead you through that experience. So something that this person will do for you is to, one, help you select the wine. And that could be based on your taste preference. So I always say that the wine can't change, but the food can change. But maybe not. The chef will be like, no, I cook it the way I cook it. <laughs> but uh, what what will happen is the someone will help you in terms of picking. Maybe you will go by... I like this varietal and they will help you select a meal that will go with that varietal. Or if you say I'm here for this dish, then they'll work with you based on your preference to see what wine you like. So for example, if you said, you know, I love a steak, but I only like white wines, <laughs> they will probably start crying, but they will really um, figure out what is, what red do they have that could stand up to the steak based on how it's cooked that will still give you the experience that you enjoy. Uh, So that's usually the first thing. But if you are at a restaurant where you're selecting on your own, the easiest tip is to pair your white wines with your light dishes. So your salads, your chicken, your fish, and your red wines with your heavier dishes, so your steaks, all of that. And yes, so if you're having a full service, they will bring the bottle out. They will present it to the host of the table. Um, so whoever they think is picking up the check, <laughs> uh, so that person can take a look at the label properly. And the reason they're doing that is to make sure it's on a counter- counterfeit bottle, uh, because if you are spending a certain amount, you want to make sure the wine is actually the brand you purchase. Uh, they will then open the wine and pour, they will put the cork on like a plate beside so that you can choose if you want to keep it. You don't have to sniff it or anything like that. They will pour a little bit for that host try and the goal for that isn't about whether or not you like it you, you open it is yours it's really to see if the wine has gone bad so if the wine has gone bad you can say there is um something the wine is spoiled or something like that but once the host says the wine is good then they will start pouring uh, the wines for the guests and their job is to just keep on top and making sure that you're enjoying the wine and everything is going well they have a lot of back-end work to do so for example making sure the wine is being served at the right temperature if it's a wine that needs decanting if it's an older wine making sure that you take the bottle away decant it bring it back so they have a lot of back-end work to do but for the guests it's for you to enjoy the opportunity (laughs) Okay. Okay. One more question. The temperatures of the wine. 
So what are the <laughs> ideal temperatures for a white wine and a red wine? Let me see here quickly. I think I can do this quickly. So if you go on my Vines Play account, there are these little study cards in the middle. They're the white ones. And they all have tips and little things that you can look at. Uh, so in terms of temperature, there's a lot of different temperatures that the wine can be served at. So white wines, you want to look around 7, 8, 10 degrees, but it depends on the varietal. And um, red wines can be 13. So, oh, yes, yeah, Celsius. We do Celsius in Jamaica, right? Wait. Yeah, but everybody always thinks yeah. about Fahrenheit first. Right, right. Okay, okay. A lot of times a winemaker will tell you what temperature they think it, the wine should be served on. So it will say, they will say it in the wine notes. And the tip is chill the red wine a little bit. So you want to give your red wines in the fridge maybe for 25 minutes, whereas your white wines can be in the fridge for a couple hours. It's always better to start off colder. It won't damage the wine because the wine will warm up in the glass than to start warm. You can't chill a warm wine when, it, when you're having it. Don't throw ice on it because it's going to turn it into water. It's going to add water to the wine. So it's always better to just start chill a little bit cooler and then let it warm up and then you get that beautiful experience of how the wine presents itself when it's cold how it presents itself as it opens up and become warmer so you get a nice little experience as the wine goes through the evening oh, i love that okay so i have one more question okay <laughs> oh you did okay yeah so about four weeks ago but it says best temperature to serve wine and if you scroll through that you will see for sparkling, um, oh, light, red. So there's a lot of resource too on my Vines Play account, and I try to keep it very much things that you can use. <laughs> so great. So this is on her on your Instagram account, right? Instagram. Yes, perfect. perfect. So my last question is: How do you store wines on the side to keep the cork moist? Do you keep them standing, the bottles standing? Because I've read both, but I've read that you really should store the wines lying down yes getting into the wine yes yes so there's also another slide part two on the account that has that and mm -hmm. it's called how to store wine in a small space because in Toronto we have the issue of everything being tiny but one of the biggest thing is if you don't have a special place that's temperature controlled most people have a cellar or you can rent cellar spaces uh, if you don't or in Jamaica we don't really have basements either so basement is a good uh, we don't really have any underground level so in a warmer temperature like Jamaica I would say you want to store it in the coolest darkest place in the house so maybe in the back of your closet so my closet is filled with wine. <laughs> I, don't have, I, don't have, I have a few clothes. I like clothes. I don't really have shoes and handbags. I have wines. <laughs> uh, but that's a good place to keep it because it's one of the coolest places. So you want it cool. You want it no exterior walls. So you're not getting any vibration. You don't want it in the kitchen because the kitchen has so many odors from like the garbage bin and like the different things that are in the kitchen. And yeah, you want to store it, especially if it's, well, mostly only if it's really a cork because you yes. need wine to be in contact with the cork so that it doesn't start to shrink because that would allow air into the bottle and, and spoil the wine. So if it is a corked wine, you want you have to store it um, lying down. If it's under a stelving cap, like a screw cap, then it doesn't matter as much. And yeah, so th those are like the biggest tips. Store it lying down, keep it away from, and light. Do not have your wine out in direct sunlight at any time. 
Okay. So a lot of times you'll go into restaurants or bars and they will have their wines on display and then the direct sunlight is hitting it. That's destroying the wine. So you want to keep it away from direct sunlight. Perfect. Right. So I think to wrap up, yes. why don't you tell everybody about, so we do have some listeners in Ontario. Nice. So maybe tell them about how they could join your wine club and actually get the wine. And also, what's your next event that we can join in from Jamaica or wherever our other listeners are? Okay, so you'd visit Vines Play. So V is in Victor, I-N-E-S, Play, P-L-A-Y, dot com. And on the front page, you will say Join Club. And from there, uh, you will see the two options. Either one, to have wine shipped to you, and it will be laid out very easily, letting you know that you have to be in Ontario to get the wines. Then you have the virtual option, which is 15 Canadian. I don't know what that would be in Jamaican dollars. Uh, Around 2000, I think now, yes. Yeah, so, uh, or you can join the virtual experience, which is 15 Canadian a month. And every month there is a different theme. And what you get for that is, as I said before, a cooking class, a virtual shopping that will allow you to go out and select the wines to match the theme and also the virtual tasting. Uh, You also get a magazine and tons of discount, but the discounts are really Ontario based. And some of them are for vineyards across the world. So if you are traveling, those come in handy because um, they're for other places. And every month the theme is different. So in August, we're doing Portugal. And in September, we're doing California. Okay. So you get to learn in a very succinct way. So it's a little bit of a crash course. So once you leave, you're going to be like, okay, I got Portugal. I know what varietals come from. Yeah, there. we need that. Yes. I know the regions. I got it. <laughs> Yeah, so let me ask you a question. Do you have to join up for the whole year? Like how it's monthly, it's a subscription base. So you join and then every month the payment occurs and then then you can cancel at any time. And I always let my members know uh retention level is really high. No one has ever canceled, but I'm always like, if there's anything and you don't want to do it anymore, just cancel it. Don't worry (laughs) about about it. But I feel like people have really fell in love with the just that opportunity to spend time with yourself um i think people attach money and certain types of ideas to luxury and i define luxury as care like taking that time to really care about what you're producing and doing and i everything that i do i take a lot of care in it so this experience is a luxury experience because the members are really centered in terms of what you get and how you you're able to enjoy your time and i always remain open to a lot of suggestions especially from virtual members who are not in ontario because that experience can be very different for them but the goal of the club is to create the space for us adults to have fun (laughs) That sounds Perfect. that sounds great. So I assume that once you get the actual wines in Ontario, are you automatically joined up to your virtual club or is that a separate cost as well? No, it's automatic. So it's all in one. So if you join the Ontario um, club where you're getting the wines, you also get all the virtual experience. Okay. And I think that what we're going to have to do is have a virtual event for our community. Yes. So we'll talk to you about that. That should be great. 
Yes. Or you have something I'll, 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 I'll just come to I'll just come to Jamaica. Yeah, yes, please. Yes, 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 for sure. For sure. <laughs> but you know, though, there's something that you had said, which I think is really, really important, and I think it's perfect to end our session. But before we end, I think oh. what we should mention is that we got our wines from Uncorked. Yes. which is they get there and they have a wine club here called 1876 wines. I actually get wines every month and it's a great little uh, selection. So maybe we can hook you up with them or something. Yeah. So that, that would be great because they could also ship the wines. Yeah. You said play and pleasure are important for life. Play is about giving yourself permission to have fun. A wine club is a great way to foster play and Passion. So true. I love it. So and nice. I love you, Chanel. Honestly. You're amazing. This was great. I really fantastic. I learned a lot. Yes. Thank you so much for being a part. And we're definitely going to have an event for sure. I'm excited. I'm thinking now, you guys have my mind going. I'm thinking now to, to definitely try and once I'm coming home to do a wine tasting there. Yes, yes for sure. <laughs> Looking forward to that. I'm going to stop recording now, but thank you, Chanel. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of What The 50. Please show your love and encouragement by sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review wherever you are listening. Be sure to like and follow us on Instagram and join our active Facebook group at what.the50.